Welcome to the latest edition of The Blend. My name is Steve Benz, recording live from Studio B somewhere outside of Chicago. If you do not recognize the guy to one of my sides, I'm not even sure which side they're on anymore. His name is Daniel James. He is a singer, songwriter, actor. He's done just about everything you could possibly think of. This is his American radio debut. Daniel, welcome to the show. Hello, Steve. Thank you for having me on. And I hope you're going to be gentle with me. It's my first time. Well, I'll put some gloves on. You know what they say in the doctor's office. Hey, hey, I'm a Southpaw, man. Come on. (laughs) (laughs) And both you and I are drinking, enjoying some coffee and some tea. So cheers to you, mate. Cheers to you. Cheers to you and cheers to all your listeners. It is fantastic to have you on. I know my listenership always likes or prefers to hear people with an accent. So right there, we will get more listeners and followers. That's fantastic. You know, when I I did actually live in LA for a while and in New York, and you can get, I mean, it sounds terrible, but you can get away with so much if you have a British accent. You really can. I mean, look at Prince Harry. Oh, sorry. Right. Isn't that the truth? But we won't talk (laughs) about that. That'll be another talk show. That's another sequence, yeah. It would be. It would be. Just like when I'm heard on uh, some of the, the British radio stations, I got away with a lot because I know there are a lot of things that you cannot say, but I said it anyway, because I'm an American. Hmm. Yeah. And they just, you know, they just say, Hey, he's a young, can you get away with it? You know, they're just like, ah, you know, let's put them on at night. We'll put them on the telly at nine o'clock, you know, so where no one's watching. Right. I'm sure they all watch if they know you're coming out. I'm sure <laughs> they do. So with this, what brings you to me now, is your hit singles on the Heritage chart, which is just taking off both of those. So let's talk about that before you talk about your so-called boy band days a couple of years back. I'm ready. Hit me. So tell me about this new single. It is Don't Want to Lose That Girl. Let me tell you what I hear when I listen to it as it goes up the charts. I hear some Paul Young. I hear George Michael. I hear... Backstreet Boys, am I wrong? What great company to be in. I mean, that's, a, that's an honor. Thank you. You know, I thought you were going to say, you know, some really derogatory terms. You know, I'm pleased. I never know what's going to come out of your mouth, Steve, because I've heard your show. So this <laughs> afternoon when I was getting ready to tune in, you know, I braced myself because I thought, what is this going to guy to say about my track? So that's fantastic. Listen, those guys are great. They all have great voices and great talent. The thing is, it's a song. It's a story. Mm-hmm. And my roots, I mean, the, the music you've described is my roots. So why wouldn't they be influences just the same as Burt Bacharach and Hal David are my influences, you know, because they're about the verse, the bridge, the chorus, the middle eight and telling a story. And that's kind of where I'm coming from. And this song is about three couples. And in, in the UK, we had a couple of really big lockdowns. And in the UK, people actually did as they were told. Um, They were probably too frightened not to, but people stayed home Mm -hmm. and um, you were only allowed to go out for one walk a day. So I would not go shopping. I would save my time up and go out for really late night walks. And literally the streets were bare. It was like there was there'd been an apocalypse, even if I get my teeth straight. There was me and I'd see a fox or I'd see foxes in the street. It was just me and foxes. And in the first lockdown, I'd been watching all the news stories 
about um, you know people with dementia not seeing their families and getting worse, children not being able to go out in the streets and play, people losing work, and that's how that's how my first single, my first solo single, came about, and that was "Set Your Spirit Free," and mm -hmm. it was all about the emotions during lockdown. Now the second single. That came about towards the end of the second lockdown because they loosened restrictions here and you could go out for what was called distance walks. So somebody would be kind of like six feet away from you, you know, and you go, hey, you'd be kind of shouting across the park. And I went out with three different couples, a 30 to 40 year old couple, a 40 to 50 year old couple and an 80 year old couple. Now, let me tell you. Those people know about walking and those people know about talking. And I just listened. I didn't take sides. I was very neutral. So one day I'd go out with the girl, the lady. I'd go out with the guy another day. The middle, the middle couple were a gay couple. So it was two ladies. I went out on alternate nights with them. So we went out for walks and they just told me all about the troubles they'd had in their relationships. And during the lockdown, one couple were in a tiny apartment. They were really getting on each other's nerves on their last nerve. And um, one of them had lost work. The, the middle couple couldn't see their family and they were just tearing each other apart. And the elderly couple were going through the same thing. And they just basically said to me, we want to get the sparkle back. We've lost the sparkle. We, we don't even like each other some days. Mm -hmm. And they weren't even, if they'd gone out shopping, they weren't even answering the phone. So I kind of digested all of this. And as I say, I like to tell stories either about myself, my life or something around me. After about three weeks, um, I decided not to call a therapist and get help. I wrote a song about it. And Don't Want to Lose That Girl is about the three couples going through all these different emotions. Now, ah. obviously, on hearing that, you're going to think, oh, that's going to be a dirgy song. Right. You know, it's not going to be upbeat. But listen, I'm going to pose a question, Steve. Three couples, right? Mm -hmm. I've told you their ages. Your listeners can guess as well. Do you think all those couples have remained together? Do you think any of them have broken up? What do you think? Give us, give us your viewpoint. I think all three are still together. Wow. I'm really surprised that you've got such a, a positive, you know, I thought you'd have something a little bit snarky oh. in there. No, 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 no. Well, I'll tell you, you know what? I'm going to surprise you. The 30 to 40 year old, 40 year olds, they're actually thinking of trying to have a child. They're looking into that. They're all back together. It's like jumpy, uppy, oh. down, happy. Good. The mid, the middle couple, they've taken a vacation together. They've gone for like a romantic weekend. They're, they're doing okay. But... The couple that have been married 60 years, uh -oh. 80-year-old couple, uh -oh. the, lady, the lady said to me, I just want some peace. <laughs> I just want to please myself. She said, I had three kids. I was exhausted. We had five grandchildren. It all lands in my lap. And she said to me, my generation were taught to grin and bear. It. Yes, very true. And you know what? I spoke to a young guy on an interview on Zoom about three weeks ago, just at the start of this promo. And I said, um, she was taught to grin and bear it. Guess what the young guy said to me? Is that an app? <laughs> Talk about a generation gap. Is that an app? Oh, my. You know, wait a second. There's an idea right there just for you and I. You and me. You and I together. Before right. you broadcast this, you and I are going to patent oh, it, yeah? We have to do that. There's a lot of money in that. A lot There's some guys watching this now already online doing it. So I want to cut. So listen to me, right? The lady said that, but the guy and the guy inspired the title of the song. The guy said to me, I don't want to lose my girl. Now people say to me, that's not the kind of thing an 80 year old man says. And I said, he's not a, he's 80, but he's not 80 inside. 
True. He's still that young guy going off to the Second World War with a photograph in his wallet that he looks at every day when he goes off or when he lies in bed. You know, you know, when you're 80, you don't feel 80. You still feel young and vibrant inside. You can't run across the street. You want to. So that guy said, I don't want to lose that girl. That inspired the title. Now, they're not together for the moment. She's walked okay. away. Okay. You know what she said to him? She said, yeah, we can... We can go out for day trips. You know, we can go out for day trips. And then she said, but you're not coming home with me. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, you've got to admire that woman's oh. strength because she's 80 year old. She's right. starting again. You know, the guy's really, you know, the guy's really unhappy. But so nobody ever guesses that the elderly couple would be the ones to break up because true. we all think they'll grin and bear it. True. So that's what the song is about. But it's happy, it's up-tempo, and you can kind of shimmy around your kitchen to it. I would believe that. See, that story of the 80-year-olds reminds me of my parents who are in their 80s, okay? What surprised me in that story is that you got... They must have had you when they were very old. Uh, okay, we'll buy that. <laughs> so now, here what throws me is that one day you could go out for a walk. Oh, hang on a minute, hang on. Oh, no, I can see you properly now. Yeah, they didn't have you very old. No, 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 no. That's what glasses are for, you know, so you could see better. All right. So 80-year-old, my parents in their 80s, one day a walk, which I'm surprised you. that's what your rules were. So I figured they were out walking, both separated, and they can't find their way home. Okay, that's what my parents sound like. Now, the one commentary to that that I would say is something that my mom says all the time. Certainly the Grin and Barrett. Okay, that's that generation. That's not our generation. We can never understand what that means because our generation, uh, a stamp of a finger, we will take off. So the one thing my mom reminds me always, and first of all, I'm one of seven. So right there, that's craziness. That she says, I didn't marry your father. I adopted him because no one would take care of him. So I always thought that was kind of funny that that's what she did. She adopted him. She didn't actually marry him. So all these years later, 60 plus years, they've been married. That is wow. unthinkable that I could think people could get along that long. And here it's you can only walk one time a day or twice a day. That's, that's hard to believe. That's really hard to believe. They must know each other inside out, your parents. That is amazing. Well, if they would just get my name right, I would be really happy. Just once. You know, I have to wear like a name tag. That's how that works. Anyway. Yeah, unfortunately, when they get older, you get you get half a dozen names before yours come, you know? That's right. And the when dog... you're angry, you probably get the full name as well. Oh, absolutely. You know, that, the middle name, they'll call me the dog's name that passed away 37 years ago, things like that. But that's, a, again, that's another TV show, okay, that we could have together. So with that, talking about technology that we had, we had difficulty even just connecting today. So where does technology lie in this story that you have of these new singles? How were you able to produce these new songs if you couldn't go anywhere? Just a little help from a couple of friends of mine, like a home studio. Okay. You know, Steve, when years ago I was in a, people call it a boy band, but I hate the term. We're back. We just froze for We're a moment back. there. That's just technology, my friend. Yeah, exactly. You know what it is? I didn't put the, uh, as you would say, I didn't put the dime in the meter. Um, <laughs> so basically, we came to the States in Yale in okay. the early days, and we, we recorded with um, in L.A., and mm -hmm. it was fantastic. 
but we didn't have a release in LA. But in the UK and across Europe and Japan, Japan, we were like knocking on doors, we were big. Um, in those days, you recorded in a studio and you had to have a record deal and it was all very proper. These days, you know, the one good thing about technology is you can make your own tracks, you can release your own tracks. Mm -hmm. And I, I, I recorded Set Your Spirit Free, but my group ended very badly for me. I don't know in the States whether you, whether when bands break up, you find out the reasons behind it or whether people stay stum or whatever, but nothing was said when my band uh, broke up. We were playing a gig in Barcelona to 35,000 people. We flew back to London. We were recording with a guy called Colin Thurston in North London. He was a big producer in the uh, late 80s, worked with Bowie and lots of people, great guy. Recorded one of my ballads in Livingston Studios. I got home really tired, said bye. The next morning I woke up and opened the paper. Finito, end, end of story. And you know what? You don't have an HR person to call. You can't call up and say, hey, can we talk about this? You know, I can't, I didn't have Elton John's number. I can't ring up and go, hey, Elton, can you help me? You know, I come from a working class family. Nobody in my business, nobody in my business, nobody in my family is in the business. I was down the dumper. I had nothing. I lost everything. I took it very, very badly because we'd been, when we first got together, we'd have a beat up car. We'd drive to the north of the country and play a gig at 11 at night, then drive across and play another one at one in the morning, mm -hmm. drive home, get up the next day, write some songs. Then we used to do something called the lunch club. And in schools, kids would have their lunch and then we'd appear just as their lunch was finishing, oh, if it okay. wasn't enough to give, the to give the teachers a bit of indigestion. And we'd do a couple of songs and the kids would go bananas. And then they'd go back to lessons and all the ladies in the lunch club, this, we call them dinner ladies here, uh, lunch ladies, they would put us some like lunches aside and they always looked at us and went, God, you guys look so thin. And so they'd pile the plates. We'd stuff our faces with this great food and then go home and write some more songs and then be back out gigging. So we worked our backsides off for like three or four years to get the band where it was. Mm -hmm. And it was amazing, but it ended like that. So never take anything for granted in life. And as I say, I, I woke up one morning with nothing. And I had a, I don't, I'm not ashamed to say this because in those days, people didn't talk about mental health or emotional health, sure. you know, and, and, and talking about the grin and bear generation, my generation just said, pull yourself together. And my parents' generation would give you a clip around the ear and say, pull yourself together. <laughs> so, you know, I was getting it from all sides and I had a bit of a breakdown. I mean, I can't deny it. I, I turned it in on myself. And this goes back to me recording just after lockdown, because for decades, I wouldn't sing. I didn't sing. I used to watch, there was a TV show in the UK called The X Factor, which is a bit like America's Got Talent, you know, Simon Cowell. Well, I'd been signed to Lovely Simon and I could, I could watch it, but I was so detached. I didn't watch it thinking I'd have sung that differently or I'd have written that differently. I actually watched it like a member of the public, like a civilian. Mm -hmm. That's how I convinced myself that it was nada, that it was never, ever going to happen. And it possibly never happened. And I went through decades, threw myself into other things. I went in, back into acting, did loads of TV shows, uh, did an off-Broadway play, did some TV in LA. Yeah. Um, but I totally lost myself. When lockdown came about, I totally wrote that song almost by mistake. I was lonely. I was away from my family and my loved ones. I wrote the song. I came home. And when I had one earphone on, we call them cans. When I had one can on, I always take one off so that I can hear my 
own vocal exactly. and the can vocal. It kind of stops you going sharp or flat, although some people it doesn't seem to work. But anyway, uh, <laughs> um, I heard my voice coming back, Steve. Wow. And, and I, I, um, I said to myself, why have you done this? Why have you stopped yourself? I, I realized I, I stopped myself. Nobody came sure. to me and said, you can't, you can't sing again. But I turned all that anger, the pain and the loss, and I beat myself raw and never did what gave me such pleasure. And I heard my voice coming back and I said, wow, I'm, a, I'm not bad. I, I'm okay. I, I don't sound too bad. I didn't even believe I could do it. And I know it sounds a really wimpy, wussy thing to say. Oh. You know, I'm from, the, I'm from the north of England. We're, we're tough up there. But I'm telling you now, I was flawed. I was finished. And when I heard my voice, I couldn't take it in. And I recorded it. And I was still pinching myself. Five, I can't remember whether it's two, month, two months later. It's mm -hmm. on Spotify. Radio stations start playing it. People start phoning me. Do you want to do an interview? Do you want to do sure. an interview? Sure. Do you know what? I've been walking on air since May because I'm doing something I love that sure. I never thought. I mean, I had five minutes. Hey, I'm getting another three minutes. I'm loving every second of this because I never planned it. You know, when I was younger, I knew what I wanted. I knew what I wanted from being about 10 years old. I knew the business I wanted to be in. I knew what I wanted to do. I, I didn't have any support. Nobody around me encouraged me to do it. I had to fight to get where I was. And I think that's another reason why when it was taken away from me really badly, really violently, and I was left with nothing, I think that's doubly why my, um, my reaction was so big and powerful. But instead of kind of throwing it out there, I just took it inwards. And I think the brain and the emotions with a lot of people can, can do that kind of thing. Sure. You know, it, life, life and the brain isn't straightforward. There'll be lots of people who have, have lost jobs. I mean, you know, people who work down mines or in shipyards or in factories that are slogging away at two in the morning. You know, what I went through was very painful for me, but I'm well aware that there's some people working for their last dime and their knuckles are raw, you know? And if they lose the job, they might not have the paycheck to, to pay the rent, you know? Mm -hmm. So it's very, very hard when something like that happens. And as I say, I, I'm a very strong person. And the person who built and made the group and had that strength then turned it on himself and basically crucified himself. So I get Set Your Spirit Free, I get it out, and then I have two or three months on the radio, performing, singing, listening, chatting, walking on air. And then the second song, Don't Want to Lose That Girl, mm -hmm. I've just brought that out. And it's like, this is the icing on the cake. Listen, if nothing else happens, I've redressed the balance chemically in myself. Also, there's loads of stuff on, on the internet, now, loads of news stories about me. Sure. Yeah, I'm not going to sleep at night as the guy that went down the dumper anymore. I'm going to sleep at night as a singer-songwriter that's written a couple of pretty decent songs, not bad, although I say it myself, and is enjoying... I Listen, mate, I open that... I look at that heritage chart. Have you seen the other people in there? I mean, we're talking quality artists, and yeah. I'm kind of nestled in the middle of them. Hey, that's a thrill to me. So... If nothing better happens, I mean, obviously talking to you is the pinnacle, but if nothing else, if nothing else <laughs> tops this, then I can go to sleep happy. I'm hoping it does because I've got another track in about four weeks okay. that I might be bringing out, a cover version. Do you remember the beautiful mini Ripperton track, Loving You? Yes, yes. I, really? I, I mean, this is the guy, listen, 
This is the guy that vowed he'd never do a cover version. This is the guy that used to have fights with Simon Cowell because I didn't want to do a cover version. You know, Simon's a great guy, but he's a businessman. And, you know, he had success. You see, when he, when he turned up on American Idol, that first season on American Idol, you know, people didn't know his history, his back, his backstory Very in true. England. And he, he had, he'd worked hard to get a record company going himself. And he'd done great with, with cover versions, you know, and that was his thing. And he was good at it. So that's the avenue we wanted to push us down. But of course, I wanted to be a singer songwriter. That's where I am. Finally, I am that now. But when I was in the group, I was kind of muscled into a position that I didn't really want to be in. I didn't want to release um, Instant Replay. I wanted to release one of the ballads I'd written. And the funny story to Instant Replay very quickly um, is when we actually were in the studio recording it with Nigel Wright, who was big here. He's actually produced Barbara Streisand since and loads of people. Um, we recorded the version in the studio on a Saturday. Saturday afternoon, Simon rolls up in the Porsche, you know, looking like James Bond, you know, the tan, the trousers, the shoes, very, very charming, comes in, let me hear the track, boys. So we're like two little rabbits, you know, we're like, <laughs> fabulous. Play him the track. <laughs> do rabbits do that? Well, I suppose they do if they're being chased by a fox. Anyway, <laughs> so we're like, yeah, yeah, he's going to love it. He's going to love it. And he says, oh, boys, he said, I want you to go back in the sound booth. He said, I want you to, um, I want you to do it in falsetto. Falsetto, expletive. Ow. Wow. falsetto another expletive i'm sorry but my language you know i won't repeat what i said but i was like are you are you for real so you know we always had tennis matches simon and i and he was great because he always listened and he always took your viewpoint of view he didn't listen he didn't do it but he listened right. listen. but we went back in the booth and i said to my partner in the duo i said the only way we're going to pull this off is if we look like we're really doing as he's asked us to do but we really mess up and I really mean this. And I said to him, don't look me in the eye because I laugh and I won't look you in the eye. So when the dialogue comes up, do it for real. And you think we're doing it, but we've got to sing it the worst version ever. So the first lines are, you set my lips on fire. Mm -hmm. And then it goes on. So, the, 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 you know, Nigel presses play. We're standing there and I'm doing my best. You know, I'm a serious artist. And I went, you set my lips on fire. You want the key to my heart. And we carried on and we got three quarters of the way through the song. And the frustrating thing was, I was thinking, he likes this. Oh, my God, he's going to keep it. I'm going to have to spend the next five years of my life singing falsetto. I mean, I love the Bee Gees, but I don't want to go, night fever, night fever. It's not me. You know. So we get three quarters of the way through the song. We get to the middle eight. Don't you know? Don't you know? Don't you know? And he taps. This, this hand hits. The, the sound desk and we look across and we look through the glass and he gestures with two fingers no not those two fingers and we go in oh, it, it was just one and we go in and he, we stand before him and we're not like we're like because we know you know we're thinking he's just going to tear the lives out if he's going to tear one arm off and beat us with the other arm you know oh, and he says um Yes, boys. Well, you win. You don't sound good. Go back in the booth and sing it properly. So we got one over on the mighty Cowell blessing. The song came out and was a cracker of a hit. Now, basically, that's how the group came about. And that's how the track came about. And leading us back to Set Your Spirit Free, my story is 
I, ha I now have more control. So technology, which is the question you asked, mm -hmm. it's in some ways it's not good because it's great to have a record company behind you. It's sure. great to have a figurehead because you can call Simon up or call whoever up, your manager, Jeff Chegwin in our case, and you can get things sorted, get things moving if there's a problem. But also the drawback is if you don't want to do a cover version, you don't have to do a cover version. And strangely enough, I didn't, but I have. So my current single, Don't Wanna Lose That Girl. Bear, bear in mind, that song is for every gender because the couples I went out with, sure. two straight couples and a gay couple, love, emotion, breakups, heartache, can hit anybody at any age, any gender. I can now write songs and release them on my own, on my own you know, label or my own, on, on the internet, right. which is great. And in about a month's time, I may be releasing a cover of the old Minnie Ripperton hit, Loving You. And I've sang it as a duet. I actually don't take lead on this. There's a wonderful girl singer called Melissa Whitehouse, okay. who I've been working with as a writer. We've been writing together a track for a K-pop girl group, because I'm sure you know, K-pop is the bomb at the moment. It is. You know, BTS number one for like eight weeks or something, and, and um, another girl group number one on the iTunes chart for six weeks. So I've come up with, well, we've come up with this track. It's a really, it's very Spice Girls, but modern day. And we're just finishing production up now. We're hoping that um, a K-pop group in South Korea are going to take it. So while we were doing that, Melissa and I kind of fooled around a little bit with it with a, in the studio uh, musically. And we came up with um, loving you is easy because you're beautiful. Melissa sings lead, kind of. Okay. I sing the choruses with her. And I do, listen, it's not rap. I do a bit of talking on there. Do you remember, do you remember years ago, Telly Savalas, she did, did, did right. If? Yeah, mm -hmm. well, I talk. I, I'm not purporting to be a rapper, you know? So I do a little bit of talking on there. And it's, it's actually not a bad track. So in about four weeks' time, you could be getting something drop in your inbox of loving you. So, and it's a very upbeat, dancey track. You know, it's fun. But it's kind of got a bit of the 90s in it as well. Okay. So, that's coming next. And then maybe I'll have a single about December, which is kind of wintry, kind of like put your coat on, wrap up with your scarf. So that's as far as things go at the moment. Like I say, wow. it may continue. Who knows? Listen, I'm enjoying this five minutes. You have to enjoy. I mean, considering what you've been through and it's amazing what the mind will do to save themselves. Look at what you went through. Okay. Your mind protected you until you were ready to come back who you are, what you really love to do. And I think that's true of just of pretty much all walks of life. Even with me. Well, I never thought of it like that, Steve. So. I never thought that my mind was actually protecting me. I never looked at it that way. I kind of looked at it like I was an idiot for, mm -hmm. you know, not, not sorting it out. But I thank you for that. That's great. Because even with, I, I have to talk about my life, radio industry, TV, it goes up and down. Come on. You and I've been in the same industry. The likelihood of making it is like so slim. So what do you do? Your mind protects itself. It just does. You, it just protects you to make, to help you get through the day by day. And I think the lockdown gave an opportunity for people that didn't handle it very well and others that handled it really well and found a new way to live, a new uh, essentially a new street. Instead of going left, I'm going to go right because I'm out walking by myself. I walked a lot this past year. So, of course, I walked yeah. by a lot of bakeries and had a lot of donuts. So I'm not sure that. You know what? I was just going to say to you, the walking's probably done your heart rate good, your lung capacity good, your blood sugar level. But yep. of course, if you've gone in for the donuts and the pastries. Oh, it's good coffee too. And of course, when you were singing 
that really bad version of instant replay, I heard my own singing voice. So thanks. Thanks for bringing me back to my childhood before my voice started to crack. I appreciate that. I do. Oh, so the one question I had, I don't want to keep you too long because we're going to have back over and over again because you're a lot of fun. You are a lot of fun. I think you can make it here in the States. I think that single that you have could make it on the charts here, which I am. I am just so happy that I'm one of the, the guys around the world playing the track for you. So, well, you're one of the first, you know, you jumped on board very, very quickly with the stuff from Britain. You obviously have a really good ear. My question to you is how did you kind of get into the British music stuff? Uh, I co-hosted a show on a, one of the stations over there. So they had heard me and I've been trying to get on British radio for some time. There was an American on the BBC. I don't recall his name. And that was, yeah, that was always my dream was to be on the BBC was to go overseas. Not so much to be here. I don't know why, but that was kind of my dream to do that. But don't, don't think that it might never happen. Paul Gambaccini, I know him a little bit. Mm -hmm. He was always good to the group. He's a nice man, but he's, he's kind of very mature now in years. Mm -hmm. So there's going to be a little vacancy coming. So don't give up on that dream. So you're going to help me bump him off? Is that what you're suggesting? Wait a second. I didn't say that out loud, did I? <laughs> hey, Paul's invincible. Nobody would bump him off. But when eventually he hangs up his sure. Guinness Book of British hit singles, yeah. there's going to be a gap there. And I'll be shouting loud, get the Steve guy from Chicago in. He's the one. It's really surprising what technology has done. It's taken even some of the things I've done in the past. And now I have listeners around the world. I, you would have never guessed that when I started this or even doing the technical part. I was the first one on video with my show. This is goes back 20 plus years. I would have never envisioned that. And just knowing that, that someone in Australia can hear me and New Zealand and London and Germany still just blows my mind and it keeps bringing me back. It's amazing. And and yet again, not just technology, but lockdown brought that Hmm. to the fore in a bigger, bigger way. So you know, how fantastic you've got listeners all over the all over the world. And I'm just glad I'm glad for my sake as well, because I'd love people to hear don't want to lose that girl. So thank you for bringing me to everyone's attention. I really appreciate it. I really love having you on the show. We're going to have you back. I want to thank you so much for being on the show. And with each track, I will have you come back. Fair enough. Steve, you're a diamond. Thank you. And uh, and hi to all your listeners. And I hope you enjoy the single. Thank you. Everybody, that is Daniel James. You can find him all over social media and get his latest single, Don't Want to Lose That Girl, and listen to the story. It will change how you listen to the song. Thanks, Daniel. Cheers, mate. Bye-bye now.